0: Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk, the pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, you know the program is designed for someone just like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking, it might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch type talk with a pastor is the best way to understanding. That is what this program is all about. Today's guest is Andrew Price of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. I have my questions I'm sure you have yours you can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org or you can call in during the program if you're in the st. Louis area including Metro East that number is area code 314 8210850 or anywhere in the lower 48 states you can call in toll-free at 1 800-730-2727 Pastor Preuss welcome back to the program Good to be back. Glad to have you here. You know, I want to talk to you about something that really has been on my mind for a while. Um, Here we are, entering into the fall now. Uh, Beautiful, crisp weather out there. The leaves are turning, beautiful colors. We don't have to worry about the heat anymore. Thanksgiving is coming up with all the family gatherings and the wonderful food. And after that, we're going into the Christmas season, which is the wonderful holidays, the honoring the birth of our, of our Lord again, gathering the family and friends around the, around the Christmas tree, singing of carols, the whole thing. So my question is looking forward to these, why am I getting depressed?
1: Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I think that uh we 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 always have to remember i mean this is true with anything with any kind of joy that we look forward to uh that we gotta we gotta identify the false religion of the flesh of the sinful flesh, which is really all the same it just comes in different forms and it's always with us as christ- even as christians um and uh and and that false religion it, it's based on this is something I've kind of be, been reflecting on lately too because i i I know I know what you're going through. I mean it's uh it's basically it the, the false religion of the flesh is based on two things nostalgia and hope for, for better times that are, you know, kinda like the good old days. So we look at the good old days, we we have good memories, right? Of Thanksgiving, of Christmas, and uh and it's almost like we got that high that we wanna kinda get again. You know what I mean? Like we wanna we we look back at at good memories and we want to we want those feelings again and we're not feeling them right now and for whatever reason there might be various reasons for why you're kind of depressed um could be environmental reasons uh you know health reasons what have you um and that's you know that's something that maybe you you just kind of figure try to figure out talk 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 it through with someone but uh but, but but really, spiritually speaking, this is something that we all go through to some extent as Christians. It's part of the battle against the sinful flesh, and it's really a battle against the false religion that exists in our sinful nature, which which is which is grounded on, you know, uh, uh, the like I said, nostalgia that is things in the past, good memories, and then uh, and and is and it's hope. It's so its faith is in the good memories <laughs> and its hope is in better memories to come. And as we know in this life, you know, those are not those those good vibes are not always there. And so that's that's why we get sad. And um I uh I mean I, I can understand it too, you know. It's I, I think one one thing that happens also is that uh things become so rote you know what I mean? I mean, they're they're just kind of like, wow. It seems like just not that long ago that we were just starting winter, and not that long ago that we were just starting spring. And then all of a sudden, it comes again, and you know, things become so routine. You know, you have a job, you got a family life, you got you know, routine. All these kinds of routines that easily become mindless, and so our mind becomes more kind of, you know, we, we if we're putting our hope in the good feelings of the past and the hopefully good feelings in the future, then we are kind of bankrupting ourselves, right? We're, we're sort of, um, you know, we become, and I'm not saying that you're consciously doing that. Um, we all do it by nature. It's just what our old man does you know our old man is always trusting in those kind of good feelings and hoping for a better one when really the true religion is that we trust in Christ our and 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 our hope is in the resurrection of the body and uh despite kind of the uh the holiday blues or blahs, whatever you want to call them <laughs> so i don't know how how much that helps you but uh but i mean i it is something that i have thought about and kind of reflected on too <clears throat>
0: Well, there's actually a uh, I guess I think it's probably a medical a term for it. it's called seasonal affective disorder, and oh, okay. and uh, it's related to this, but but not entirely the same thing. I think for, I'm, I'm looking right now, for example, at the mail at the Mayo Clinic's website description of it, and some of the some of the symptoms, you know, and, and besides feeling depressed, is you lose interest in activities that you once enjoyed. You have low energy sleeping difficulties, yeah. uh, changes in appetite or weight, feeling sluggish or even agitated, difficulty yeah, concentrating. Sure. Well, have I run into that one, feeling hopeless or worthless or guilty or having just over bad thoughts, you know, oversleeping, appetite changes, especially a craving for food and high carbohydrates, drunk, junk food, weight gain, guilty, <laughs> tiredness or sure. low energy, you know, it, And these are the symptoms. I mean, how many of us run into this? And and I think it's insidious. I think a lot of us don't realize Mm -hmm. what's happening to us. Now, the the Mayo Clinic describes it as actually a a physical disorder and says there are some things that you can do about it. But I really like what you've hit. This is a spiritual thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and I really, I really related to what you were saying about uh, nostalgia, for example. Yeah. Yeah, Thanksgiving was, was always the big thing in my family. You know, this, is, uh, this was the time. Uh, we had. Uh, <laughs> my great-aunt Nina would come into town from her little abode in Chester, Illinois, and she was, I tell you, this woman forgot more about cooking than people like Wolfgang Puck would ever know. and she would disappear into our kitchen and there would be these wonderful smells that would come out not just of the turkey but she had this homemade rhubarb pie that she would make and my parents were here and my brother was there and we had some old family friends and we we just had a wonderful get together you know we'd we'd sip akavit that was a family custom as dad used to say don't sip the schnapps just bad for the teeth you had to down it in one gulp but you know what it yeah. is, Pastor, is all those people are dead now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's right. I mean it's it's it and it it's it's a hard truth to learn. It's something we all have to learn and to experience. And I think the best thing, you know, is to talk about it with, with other other Christians who can be honest with you and say, Yeah, I go through the same thing. Now I will say, uh uh for me it's not so much holiday per se. It's more it's more times of the seasons probably like where, you know, there's, there's, um, and it's not, it, it just, these are I think normal things that that Christians go through, especially, um, and especially Christians because we have, uh, we have a certain insight into the depravity of the sinful nature, the, the corruption of the sinful nature. And so, but, but what's interesting about, you know, just on my own experience with with Thanksgiving, it's kind of funny. Uh, my, I never really had the greatest, memories of thanksgiving when i was a kid because especially middle school and high school because i was a wrestler and we had uh we had our first tournament like a week after thanksgiving so i couldn't eat anything i mean i could i could eat just a little bit but i couldn't kind of i couldn't you know gorge myself like everyone else was so that was always kind of a bummer um but uh but i certainly have great memories now uh we get together with my in-laws and and my brother is actually married to my wife's sister and so we have so i get to see my brother he's my favorite brother-in-law as i say to the rest of my (laughs) brother's law and so we have these we have these traditions that are already kind of starting in my adult life um and yet, I know that they're not going to last, and so so yeah, I mean that 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 kind of consciousness of death of of all flesh being like grass, and uh it, you know that is depressing and and there's nothing wrong with admitting that. It's everything good about admitting that because you are actually being honest. um you're on the right track when you can recognize that reality um that they're all dead now The grass like the grass fades away the flowers flourish for a while and then fade so is all all flesh you know and all all good memories but we look to the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come and and this is not to say by the way that there aren't physical aspects to it i mean paul paul affirms this he says bodily discipline is of some value right so i mean like go and go and like go on a walk or work out or eat well those are good things. Like those are those are helpful. You know, it's not like they're completely divorced from the spiritual life. Um, this is why the Bible talks about fasting and, and 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 bodily preparations. There's something that you can do with your body that that certainly does help your mind. That that unbelievers can recognize, but Christians have an even better insight into it because they know who created the body. You know, they know they know the one who redeemed the body, um, who promises to raise us up on the last day, and so. So, you know, if there is, if there are things that are recommended, like getting exercise and stuff like that, uh, I know from experience that that certainly helps. you know, or doing something, you know, productive with your mind, like reading a book or something like that, you know, those kinds of things that, and, you know, reading scripture. And, um, but, but really it does come down to that, you know, while there are the, the, the physical aspects to it all, it does come down to that to to a struggle of godliness against the against the sinful flesh, you know so Paul says you know bodily discipline is of value, but godliness is a value in every way because godliness is that which is looking to the life to come you know it's it's that which is struggling with the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh in this life and 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 clinging to the forgiveness of sins in Christ and praying to god to to keep to keep our conscience pure and uh and grounded in Christ and his word and And that's that constant battle. And, you know, you're going to feel that depression. um, But thanks be to God that your joy is not actually in your experience. Even though you do experience joy, um, that's God's will. But your joy is not actually grounded and located in that. It's grounded and located in Christ, who's risen from the dead. And, And that's why I think it's really appropriate that Christmas falls in, you know, around the time of the the longest day or the, the longest night of the year. You know, it's great. It's, it's, it's so wonderful to have a time to have this time of year to reflect on giving thanks to God um, when the days are getting shorter. Right. And then praising God for his gift of the incarnation of his son, um, the salvation of, of mankind and the light of the world at the peak of the night. You know, it, it's really it really is wonderful how our our church here is set up and how our kind of you know how 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 we worship God in the seasons throughout the seasons. Because God created them and they do have something to teach us about about sin, death, uh God's and God's grace. Um that is when we look at them through Christ, through faith in Christ.
0: Well Yeah I can see that um, <laughs> I'm not sure how it's going to relate to me immediately, but, well, you know, for sure. for, for example, yeah. this coming Thanksgiving, uh, you know, I'm living in St. Louis now, and I've, I've uh, recently married, recently in the last few years, I should say, and my uh, wife's family will gather for Thanksgiving, and they're good people, and I enjoy getting together with them, and we do celebrate the Thanksgiving, but, you know, I haven't known these people all my life. It's it's mm-hmm. not the same as those who I grew up with and with whom I shared those joys. And it, I am reminded of that. Of that. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, I really want to go to it. But on the other hand, I know I'm going to feel
1: bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's certainly understandable. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's certainly, uh, I mean, even if, even if these are people who, who are, uh, even, even though they're people you really like and you get along with, um, they can be good Christian people too. And if they're not, if they're not people, you know, really well, then, you know, I certainly know that that experience, that how, what that feels like. I think most people know what that feels like. when you're in a position, uh, a social company where you just don't really know the people, um, at least not nearly as well as they know one another. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think probably the best thing to do is to, um, you know, find those who are, you know, who, who, who really agree with you on doctrine, right? I mean, you have a variety of friends, of people who don't necessarily agree with you on, on every part of, of God's word. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet it's nice to have those, those people who you can really confide in and, and be familiar with. And uh, and so, you know, maybe the holidays, maybe Thanksgiving is just not necessarily that time when you have that. But, you know, it's good to find a good Christian friend, um, a Lutheran friend. Right. In your case, who 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 confesses the catechism, you know, and and can actually speak the same language as you and uh, and to be able to, you know, to get together and and talk about these things on a regular basis. And, you know, those are. And not just your pastor, you know, it's certainly talk to your pastor, but, but it's, it's not just your pastor, it's, it's, it's Christian friends, um, who, who can, who can talk to you about these kinds of things and, you know, talk to you about the gospel, talk to you about, you know, the things that are really, you hold dear to your heart, um, because they're god's word and they're your salvation you know like the fact that your baptism says that you're that you're declared righteous before god not by what you do but only through faith and what christ has done and that these are the things that you hold dear and you want to and when you find people who want to talk about these things and are interested in them then it's it's like you have always known this person because you because you share something that is more precious than all of the memories that this world can give and so and, and with that said, then, you know, who knows, maybe you find an in-law who actually wants to sit and talk about this stuff, despite what, what denomination he comes from, but maybe he just, you know, enjoys talking about Christ and discussing theology. Um, you can find your home with such a person, you know, that you can find yourself very much at home with such a person because, you, because this is, I mean, of all of the memories, of all the memories that you have, the greatest memory you have is one that you don't even remember that's when you were, you were baptized and uh, you were claimed to be God's child. And when you find people who actually can talk about what this means, then you find yourself more at home and you find that, you know, nostalgia doesn't matter nearly as much as God remembering us uh, and, and bestowing on us his, his full mercy and, and grace in his word. So, I mean that's where I would go. I mean I'm sure I'd find people who who can talk about that with you. And uh you might find them in places that you that you least expect it, you know, like at an in laws gathering of probably a bunch of Roman Catholics, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but y <they're> you, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, who knows? I mean that you 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 talk about talk about Jesus. Talk about Talk about his word and see. Well actually
0: one of them was that was and one of them was actually a Catholic priest. Um and sure. I did I did enjoy my discussions with him, but unfortunately he's passed away now, so
1: Yeah. So I mean those and that I mean, and really I'd look at it as a good lesson to learn about this life, you know, that 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 this life passes away. It's just what you learn. I mean you you've learned it more than I have. Um just being older, you know, you lost your first wife, I know, and and uh you know your parents and you know that's something that sharpens you or is supposed to sharpen you throughout your life and teach you that that the things of this world do pass away it's really interesting talking to you know the pastor talking to uh you know like catechism kids you know talking about death with them and they're just kind of they're just kind of listening like it's they're, they're learning the right answers. Kids, right? That, age, kids that age
0: don't really believe in death.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. They don't, I mean, they, they think they do and they, they, they just don't have that awareness of it. Right. Yeah. And and you, some of them do though. There is one girl who, uh, whose mom died, uh, when she was younger. And so she, I think has a much, and she's a really good student, um, despite her, her age, <laughs> her, her middle school age. Those ridiculous middle schoolers. Anyway, um, but but that, that when I talk to older people who, you know, who have had spouses die, children die, even you know uh, siblings die, close friends die, and they they certainly they they've experienced that. They recognize it. Now you can respond to it in different ways. You can just turn death into just kind of a warm fuzzy. Uh, or you can face it and, uh, face it with honesty and realize, wow, my best memories have faded away. So, uh, one of the things that happens with me is I consider how much God has blessed me and I become paranoid that God's going to take it all away.
0: Oh, you've read the book of Job. Uh,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think about how, you know, I have five children right now and they're great kids and they, uh they, they're just, they're just wonderful children. And, you know, they're, they're not hard to discipline. Um, and, uh, and God just blessed me so much. It's incredible. And I will get times where I'm like, oh man, so when is God just going to take this away? But see, this is where, you know, first of all, the answer is yes, he is. He is going to take it away. We, our children don't belong to us. They belong to him. You know, he's just letting us take care of them for a while. Uh, and same with everything that we have. But at the same time, it teaches you to be thankful. You know, we shouldn't just sit there and be paranoid all the time that our good memories are going to be taken away. No, God gives us those as a gift, and uh, by His grace, He just as He saved us from all sin, He also gives us the blessings that are attached to to that saving knowledge of Christ. You know, and I think that the greatest memories that I have are truly blessed memories because... They were shared with those who knew the grace of God, as as, as I do, and that's uh, that's really what makes those memories special. And uh, and yet, even those memories kind of fade away, and the only thing that remains is the Word of God. And that's you know, when you learn that, it's 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 depressing. You know, I, I've had to learn that, and um, it's not fun, And especially when you learn it in yourself, like just going full circle. What you were talking about at the beginning, you know, that you kind of get depressed in yourself and you just kind of have a lack of motivation. And, you know, Luther went through something like this when he was in Wartburg castle. I, I remember reading uh, a letter that he wrote to a friend um, where he said, uh, he said that he hadn't read the Bible in, in days, you know, he just totally lost all motivation. He was constipated and all that stuff too. Um, so this is something that other Christians have gone through. I mean, remember what Peter says, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, humble yourselves under the mighty hands of God who uh, will exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And before that, he says, says, be watchful for your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour, um, and resist him firm in the faith, knowing that your brethren around the world are suffering the same thing. Right, and that that those sufferings include not only external persecutions, but this battle against the sinful flesh, against the idolatry of nostalgia and hope for better earthly times, um, and it is a battle that uh, finds its victory in pressing on and looking to the to the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come.
0: Well, it is, it is, um, but you know that's going to be down the road. Uh, Or it could be tomorrow. It could could be be tomorrow. It could be today. You know, I might not get home alive. I understand that. And I accept that. And uh, that doesn't really bother me. Uh, But, you know, I live here in the present. And uh, the present, who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, I I do have some family out in New Mexico. My my brother is still alive, and I've got some nephews with their uh, children out there. But you know the the travel. I, I don't I don't get there very often, and when I do, it's usually because of some kind of a family emergency. And uh, you know, I look at and my my older brother now he's the uh, he's the patriarch of the clan, uh, but he's eighty years old, and uh, I think I'm probably going to be the patriarch soon, and I ain't ready for that. <laughs> you know? And and that's part of it is I feel this this distancing from what's left of my family. We were so close, and now we're. So far.
1: Mm-hmm. Is your brother, so you said your brother's 80? Yeah, he's 80. Okay, so he's quite a bit older than you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. World War Two came in between the two of us.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I guess, uh, so what is your family like as far as, like, how many siblings do you have who are still alive?
0: Just, uh, just the one. There were only the two of us. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay, okay. And is he, you were raised, Lutheran with your mom. Oh yeah, Would he raised Lutheran too. Then he was, but he
0: has—he's uh, completely lost his faith.
1: Oh yeah, and that you know maybe that those are things too that you know as a Christian that that that's a depressing thing you know and uh, I mean these are things that uh, when you think of the good memories and you you know you think of uh, you think you you consider what the one thing needful is you know that. Those are sad things. Those are things that we mourn as Christians, and uh, but we mourn not as those who have no hope. Um, we and we, we we don't need to be anxious. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't know what 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 all of the the nature of the anxiety is for you of being a patriarch of the family. I mean, that's just kind of um, you know, it's it, it, really you you already are the patriarch of of your of your home even if you don't have children you know you're still guiding your home with the word of god and you might not think you are uh (laughs) but you are you know And and those are things that you there's nothing that you have that you haven't received and that's always been the case and so no matter what happens you know you are uh you're always at the mercy of of god and his word and and so so i don't know i mean i guess i'm not entirely sure all the nature i can't get into your head but uh but uh and it's a lot different from my situation i mean i have i have 10 brothers and (laughs) seven older brothers
0: believe me if you're a lutheran you know the name preuss (laughs)
1: yeah i'm gonna take uh, a break here
0: right now at the bottom of the hour but i want to continue this discussion i think we're on to something here we'll be back in just a couple of minutes The Good Shepherd says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. We invite you to join us as we listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow Him who gives us eternal life. Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. Sunday school and Bible class are at 1030. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, 2211 Tenbrook Road, Arnold, Missouri. On the web at goodshepherdarnold.org.
1: Hey, KFUO listeners, what's one of the most important things in life? Your health. You need to be well to serve well. So if you're in the Concordia Health Plan, now is the time to choose your 2020 benefits. From now through November 15th, go to your personal member portal at ConcordiaPlans.org and sign up for your health care, retirement savings plan, supplemental life insurance, and accident benefits. Sign up now through November 15th. Don't miss out.
0: Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive Word and Sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide Word and Sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org. Friday on Issues Etc., it's This Week in Pop Christianity. We'll talk with Chris Rosebro about the Gnostic teachings of church growth leader Ron Carpenter. And we'll play Issues Etc. soundbite of the week. Vote in advance at facebook.com slash issuesetc or talk back at issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3
1: to 5 on KFUO. On March fifth, 1770, in Boston five colonists were killed by British soldiers. On the fourth anniversary of the Boston Massacre, John Hancock gave a stirring oration laying groundwork for the revolution. He described
0: the noble struggle for liberty as a righteous cause to the great Lord of the universe who loveth righteousness and hateth iniquity.
1: Hancock's speech ended with a closed paraphrase from the last chapter of the book of Habakkuk. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet we will rejoice in the Lord. We will joy in the God of our salvation.
0: Engage with the Bible. Discover its impact on history.
1: Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C.
0: Welcome back to Let's Talk, the Pastors In. I'm program host, Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Pastor Andrew Price. We are talking about this the holiday blues, the holiday blahs. And you know, if you have that, if you have that problem, why don't you call in and we'll talk about it. Or if you know how to fight it, you know what you do to combat it. Well, let us know as well. You can call in at area code 314 or 1-800-730-2727 or you can even email us at talk at kfuo.org. Well, Pastor Preuss, here we are <laughs> when we should be celebrating. This is a wonderful time. And uh, we're talking about Depression at the holiday seasons. Yeah, that's, that's a, a dichotomy, and it, it, I keep feeling it. It's something that it shouldn't be, and yet maybe it's part of just the cycle of life. Gosh, I hate that expression. It sounds like a Disney cartoon, but
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it, it goes back to the the uh, it goes back to the the hope for. Kind of recapturing that good feeling that maybe you had when you were a kid, um, or an earlier time, and and we gotta just—it's just part of learning. It's 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 kind of like, I mean, when you were a kid, would you did you ever have times when you you, you had an assignment due, and you were just kind of stressed out a little bit from school, and you wished that you were an adult so oh, yeah. you didn't have to go. To oh school?
0: boy, I wish I was grown up. That I wouldn't have any problems at all. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And so I think that it's just reversed now. So now we look back at when we're kids and we think, Oh, those were the days we didn't have any problems." when we did, we were stressed out from school and all this other stuff we had to learn. And now we're stressed out because we have to learn something else. So really the, the thing is, is that nothing has changed. We're still in school and God's still teaching us. And that's why we're stressed out because we have these assignments <laughs> and we have these tests. And, but this is the, 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 the confidence though should be in the fact that God's already taken care of it. He's just having us go through school right now. And sometimes school is stressful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like going through confirmation class.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that's maybe right. that's and part of
0: the solution is is going over the catechism again and remembering yeah. what you were taught. You know, I, I learned Lutheranism literally at my mother's feet. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's something I should try to study again. You know, it's funny, because here yeah, I am absolutely. at the IC, surrounded by pastors everywhere I look. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's been so long since I've actually sat down and read the, the uh, small catechism.
1: Yeah. No, that's right. And, and you know, these are things, too. You know, talking about bodily discipline and godliness. Bodily discipline, part of that would be try to get up <clears throat> at a reasonable time. Um, but then godliness would be, first thing you do... Uh, before you get out of bed, even pray to God about, think about the things that you're going to do today and pray to God to give you the strength to do them and ask for his forgiveness um, and mercy uh, in Christ. And then get up and read a portion of the catechism, say the Lord's prayer. What I do with my children is about seven thirty in the morning. We, uh, we have, uh, and sometimes it's, you know, it's a little earlier. Sometimes it's, it's a little later and, um but but we have uh we start with uh we recite the 10 commandments <clears throat> we recite uh the creed we pray the lord's prayer we pray uh luther's morning prayer uh then we 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 have uh we recite a certain uh we go over a certain portion of the catechism just one little portion and then we uh and then i read a portion of scripture and we sing a hymn and then we go on with our day and so that, and I know, I, I found that that helps, that helps me uh, kind of boost, uh, put my life in perspective for that day. And uh, that's a, the the first part of advice though I got from a, from a, a brother pastor, not one of my actual brothers, but a, but a, pa- a fellow pastor, who told me that when you, when you get up in the morning and you're thinking about all the stuff you got to do before you even get out of bed, just pray think about each of those things and pray to God to give you the strength to do that and those little things like that are they're they're much bigger than we than we think you know prayer is much more powerful than we think It's it's powerful because it rests on the promise of God to, to see you through it to, to answer your prayers and uh you know for Christ's sake and 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 so i find that that does help when you think about the things you got to do maybe even when you're in the shower you think about the things you got to do and Pray the Lord's prayer and ask God to give you the give you the strength to to do the things for that day.
0: Yeah, and, it's, well, we actually have a program here at uh, KFUO called Morning and Evening Prayer, and you know this—that's okay. the message there. As you begin and you end your day with prayer, and I and, and I, I really hear what you're saying about trying to figure out what to do because you know I I always uh, just as I'm about to fall asleep, I'm just thinking about
1: everything I've got to do tomorrow. I know. Yeah. It, yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
0: I was going to say, and this—that's th- the time I really need to ask for strength. But all of a sudden, I realize, oh my gosh, I've got
1: all this coming up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, there's, there's, there's different ways to cope with it, right? You know, as far as outward, outward stuff. But it really does come down to prayer, and and we're going to cope with it in different ways. Some people are going to, you know, some people are going to realize that well i'm not going to get it all done and it depends on what your job is too right i mean it's it's not if you're if you have a kind of clock in clock out kind of job uh then it's going to be a different kind of stress than someone who has probably kind of like how your job is where it's you know you have scheduled stuff but you also have just things that just need to
0: get done. Well, you, you really hit on something here. I, I hadn't thought of it until you just mentioned it. You know, a big part of my job, you know, the, the routine of it al- aside, is, you know, I'm, I, I do these other programs. I do World Lutheran News Digest, I do Free to be Faithful, mm-hmm. I do newscasts. So one of the things I do, a uh, major portion of my job, is just monitoring what is going on in the world in the, and in the country that impacts yeah. religion. And, you know, there's a lot of bad things out there. And, yeah. And I, you know, I have to study this every single day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I'd of to develop that's a surprising. siege mentality. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. And, and you know, this is something that, as a pastor, I I get from reading Scripture. Now, Scripture's supposed to make you happy. Now, yeah, it it does. It gives you joy in Christ, but... It, it's also, it also, Scripture's honest, and there's lots of death uh, in, in Scripture. There's lots of talk about judgment and uh, the wages of sin, and that can, that's hard on the old Adam, right? That kills the old Adam. And so when you, in a similar way, have to reflect on the evil going on in the world, and of course, as a pastor, I've got to do the same thing. I've got to preach against it. I've got to warn people against it, and that does get kind of gloomy, but you, all the more, need to take you know need the gospel. You know, you need that refuge of the gospel, and so that's why you know reading reading the catechism is such a good idea, uh, especially the second article of the creed. Uh, reading about baptism, uh, you know, there's there's reading a a good sermon. You know, sometimes it's good if you if you have a ser- if you hear the pastor preach a sermon that's that really just gives you a lot of comfort and ask him to send it to you and maybe read it again, you know, that week. Uh, You know, those, those kinds of things. When I was in seminary, I would get kind of depressed because I was, well, it was kind of, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of studying. And and I was working close to 40 hours a week uh, while I was one, one of those years, it was just a crazy year, but it was a great year because, my son was born, the Packers won the Super Bowl, it was awesome. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but that year, uh, I, I remember I'd get home from work and I would just, I'd stop at the store and grab a beer. You could just buy like one, you know, one thing of beer. And I'd go outside and, and listen to my dad, my dad's sermons while drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. And just really, it would, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of that, Alone, quiet time, listening to a really good sermon that preach long gospel and teach the faith and apply things and give clarity. And you know, you can find if you if you find a good, you know, you you have a good preacher uh, that that you go listen to on Sundays, or or you can go online and listen to some really good Lutheran preachers. Um, you know, and you just maybe when you have those times you just maybe just sit down and listen to a good sermon and that that helps as well so
0: yeah, my my pastor gives incredible sermons there he has a real I guess the phrase is a fire in the belly mm-hmm. and, and he, he, he really does he gives some wonderful sermons you know one, yeah, that, thing, that, one thing I yeah. do that uh, helps me and maybe helps other people as well is uh, portals of prayer you know the little booklet portal portals of prayer,
1: yeah yeah and, so, yeah, absolutely having a devotion is is really essential
0: oh yeah and i've got I've got that at my desk, you know and i and I, I read it for each day and uh let it go from there, so that helps uh but mm-hmm. but boy, I was just thinking something that you said is that uh, you know the weight on your shoulders is much heavier than mine. You know, I I just look at things around me, and it, and even even when I do the uh, the research on the things that are happening to the community of faith, that is at second and third hand. You are dealing directly with people who are going through these crises. That has to be yeah. an enormous enormous responsibility.
1: Yeah, it, it gets overwhelming, frankly. Um, it's uh, and even just like little things will just keep a pastor up at night. I mean, if a pastor cares about if he really cares about his people and what they believe, what they're taking comfort in, um, you know, he'll, it, it, it's, it's difficult when a, for a past, when, you know, like when you skip church, for example, you know, if your pastor's praying for you and, you know, cares about your, your spiritual welfare, um, you know, those are things that are, he's going to bear that burden. And, uh, so, and then, just considering the wickedness of the world, I think we all get to bear our burdens differently, and and uh, your burden is it's a little different than mine, but we bear it together too. And that's why I think the pastor really is it's not I wouldn't look at it so much as a rank of uh, of of burden, but rather as an example of burden, an example of how to bear one another's burdens. As a pastor, I'm there to proclaim the word, but I'm also there to be an example to the flock in faith, in love. Uh, in purity, and part of that then is 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 uh, learning together to bear one another's burden. So, I mean, if if you have to read the news and you have to go and look at all this depressing stuff and uh, consider consider the wickedness that is going on in the world, and it's bothering you, well, I'm right with you there. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm bearing it with you. You know, and and I think that it's cr- so while. You have different burdens to bear than I do, um, different situations in life. As Christians, we bear it all together. And I think that that makes it a, a comforting thing, too, because it reminds us of how Christ has borne our burdens. And therefore, we, you know, as Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And and so you can't do this alone. I think that, that that's one important point to make. that You can't just be a rogue Christian um if you're suffering from these kinds of depressions um maybe some of it is physical like like we were talking about you know or or uh physiological or whatever um or environmental um but uh but re- recognize that you have brothers and sisters in Christ who bear the same same afflictions uh and that 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 that, that hidden underneath all of them is is that is that spiritual warfare of holding on to the promise of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And so, yeah, I mean, I do have to bear those things as a pastor, but I don't bear them just as, I don't bear them for myself. I bear them for my brethren, for my my fellow Christians. Um, And we all do that together. So, uh, you know, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously it's all, it, it just depends on each situation. Some pastors have it better than others you know, in certain ways. And uh, some pastors have to deal with more external things. Um, other pastors have to deal with more internal spiritual things. Um, you know, it's the uh, same with Christians, all Christians in general. So we, we can, we, as long as we all understand that our battle at the end of the day is not against flesh and blood, it's against the, the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh, and that our, we have our victory in Christ. And that's the source of our joy.
0: Well I can see that and and you know where where I as a layman you know i I can go to my pastor and 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 explain what's bothering me and and I'll get some advice although he'll he'll explain to me how the scripture applies to me, but what happens when a pastor needs a pastor?
1: yeah, well, then he goes and he you've gotta find other brethren. Um, other pastors to to study with uh to confide in um find a a particular pastor who to whom he can uh <clears throat> confess his sins to and and receive absolution and that's uh that is that's very important to be able to do uh it's it, w- w- I wonder I think a great blessing that we have in the Missouri Synod uh among con- confessional lutherans is that not only do we have our pastors conferences in the usually in the fall and the spring, and then, you know, there's conventions and stuff like that. But we also have a host of good conferences that are available uh, for, uh, for theological study, and uh, with that, uh, you know, an opportunity to be around other, other confessional Lutherans, uh, both pastors and lay, uh, to, to, uh, to discuss theology, to talk about casuistry, to just give each other support and uh I usually go to about oh three or four of those a year uh, this year, I'm going to the symposium at Fort Wayne, which I haven't been to in a couple of years and uh and that's a great time it's It's kind of a long time it's, it's it's basically a whole week um so that's why I don't go to it as often um but it is nice to go if you can because it's good theological discussion, good papers and and you you get together with other brethren uh other pastors and and those, those are important times. Those are good. Those are essential for the health of the, of the of the ministers to be able to get together with other pastors who are in the same trenches, uh, and and with other laymen who are interested in theology and are maybe not, maybe can't fully relate to them as pastors, but can certainly relate to them as as Christians, which is the which is the most important thing, and 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 that we gather around the Word of God. So I mean, there's. You have all these, all these uh, opportunities that that are around there, that uh, that are around the synod, around different uh, different congregations. That that have, you know, whether it's workshops or, or or couple day conferences, those are great opportunities for pastors to get together with others. Uh, you know, you don't want to overdo it to the point where you're neglecting your parish, um, but it's still those things are very important to uh, to take advantage of. Uh, because you're right, we do need we need other pastors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to be a pastor was because I just had such respect for for other pastors, for these pastors who preached the pure word of God to me, and and they taught me, my dad included, but other faithful pastors too, taught me to love the word of God, and and that's uh, we can't become an island to ourselves because then our job just becomes routine. That's, that's got to be a huge example.
0: danger. That has to be a huge yeah. danger for a pastor.
1: It, it absolutely is. Yeah, and it's uh, it makes our hearts grow cold, um, and it, it's inevitable too. Uh, our sinful flesh is always there, and it's also a terrible example to the flock because your job should not be seen as simply routine either, even if it's not the the, the ministry of the word and yet you're a Christian, and the work that you do is pleasing to God. And so you shouldn't look at it as simply routine. You should look at it as something that God's given you to do um, for the service of your neighbor, uh, for the glorification of God's name. And and if pastors are looking at their job as simply rote routine, and just a bunch of rituals and ceremonies, well then, not only is it bad for them and their soul and their conscience, it also then is bad for those who are not only hearing them, but, but watching them and uh, and are learning from the pastor's example. And, and we, the, the goal in the Christian life is to be free, is to be free in Christ, to have our conscience rest on him and his word. And therefore, to see our labors, our jobs is not merely, you know, things we got to do, but as gracious callings from God to serve him and to know that we're not serving men, but we're serving God. No matter what station in life you're in,
0: did Luther address this issue specifically? Because as you pointed out, he was a, he suffered from depression most of his life. Certainly, he had some writings and some thoughts on on how to how to avoid it, how to combat it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I'm just trying to you're putting me on the spot here. I mean, yeah. I mean, throughout his life, he had he had uh, bits of depression. It wasn't. It's not to say that Luther had, like, suffered from, like, a psychological... I mean, it's impossible to do, like, a psychoanalysis on Luther. People try to do it, but I think Luther's just very honest. I think he's just very honest about about the reality of the sinful condition and living in a dying world, and that's why he relates to, to the postmodern man, especially, that is, the people living today, where we've kind of gone through the Enlightenment, which... Which, uh, the modern period of the 19th century, which, which bolstered the, the intellect of man and said we can accomplish anything. And people kind of realize that that's just a bunch of boulder dash and that's not true. And, uh, Luther, I think speaks really well to people who have, who, who, who come to, who have to come to grips with the fact that they themselves are inadequate. And uh, and it's not that Luther was, like, depressed his whole life. He was also a very jovial man. I mean, mm-hmm. he had great joy in the gospel, and he showed it, and he had a sense of humor. Um, well, and He was uh, a joker.
0: He, he loved to sing. He played music.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I don't consider myself to be someone who suffers from depression, per se. I don't know. I mean, but I certainly have had sad, very sad moments where I'm just like, well, I don't you know, I kinda of feel burnt out a little bit. Oh yeah. And yet when but that that is something that is common among the Christians, among those who know that the wages of the sin is death. But uh but what's also common among the Christians is that communion of Christ and his gospel that your sins are forgiven. And God knows that you are inadequate but but he but but he declares you worthy of eternal life for the sake of the Son. He and he created you in his image and those are the kind of things that Luther would say. So, I mean, as far as specific writings of Luther, uh, one one book that I would maybe recommend is uh, President Harrison. A number of years back, wrote a little book called "A uh, Little Book of Joy," uh, where he kind of goes through Luther's uh, Luther's teaching on joy, and uh, that might be of some help to people uh, who are, you know, maybe have the the, the holiday blues. Uh, there's uh, there's also I'd really recommend Luther's. Uh, Luther's writing the on the freedom of a Christian or on Christian liberty and that just talks about what it means to be free you know that we we live in Christ through faith and we live in our neighbor through love and and uh and the goal of the Christian life is to have that good conscience that's that's freed from sin and guilt and so so again it's not like Luther is some you know that Luther had some kind of clinical depression no, i don't know. i didn't you know, mean to
0: imply so, that i mean he certainly had, yeah, yeah. had had his trials
1: sure yeah yeah you're right and i think that, that that's just the word the word depression has kind of been taken over in our day by sort of a clinical so when we hear the word depression we think oh well i don't know i don't have depression like you know it's one thing to be depressed but do you have depression it's like well i, I don't know <laughs> i mean I guess I, I, I'm not going to a doctor about it, but, uh, maybe I should, I don't know. Um, but really I think it's, it's Christians. We, we should, we should focus on, you know, uh, yeah, we can, we can address the externals, you know, get it, try to get exercise, try to eat well, uh, keep good company, uh, stick to your duty. You know, scripture speaks a lot to this, you know, don't be idle, uh, because, when you are sitting around doing nothing uh that that's not good for your conscience um but the the center of it all is keep focused on things above on on uh on Christ who is at the right hand of the father pleading for you and you know take joy in his word and applying it to your life and so those are you're going to find that everywhere in Luther but yeah no I know what you mean Luther Luther did yeah he had he did he was depressed a lot but you know what I think that Every Christian, to some extent, goes through that, and while some maybe have to have like specific like medication because they just are they really have a kind of clinical sort of depression, other Christians who may not be at that point uh, they, they still they shouldn't feel like somehow they're they're left out in comfort no the the, the gospel's for everyone, and the law applies to everyone, and, and, and a burdened conscience is by no means unique to just certain Christians. No, it is there, it is, in, it is evidence, in fact, that that the Word of God has had an effect on you. And uh, And so in a sense, hidden underneath that burdened conscience, or that feeling of kind of worthlessness... Hidden beneath all that is actually great comfort that God knows your sorrows. He He knows your sins. Yeah, he he does, produces. and He
0: loves us despite them. I'm afraid mm-hmm. we're out of time, Pastor. This is this has been a fascinating discussion, and I'm so glad that you're able to join with me today. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Let's do it again next Friday, okay, people? See you then.